we turn to Romans chapter 8, and we'll be looking at one verse to start off there, verse 13. I think it's one we know well. Romans chapter 8. In our short time together around the word. So Romans 8, verse 13, I'll read. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. I call this mortifying the flesh. And we'll be looking at that word mortify and the flesh tonight. So let's pray as we ask the Lord to help us. Father, we thank you. We can meet together as brethren, Lord, of one mind, of one doctrine, Lord, of May that be the mind of Christ and the doctrine of Christ, Lord, and what we have sung tonight that he has done for us and through his death and the cross and the shedding of his own blood, which is the payment of our sin, Lord. And so we thank you for this blessed hope we have in Christ, in his resurrection, new life, Lord. And as we look at this verse tonight, in dying to self, as it were, to the old life, as Lord, we thank you that we can be identified with Christ through his death and burial and resurrection. Help us tonight in your word and that um, and each of us that can say in, we know whom we have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep us unto that day of Lord where we will be with you, your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And may we just, our eyes and of our hearts and our ears understanding understanding be centered on the lord tonight we pray in jesus name amen okay um just starting off with just as we look at this verse 13 uh, thinking about something that all of us do or know about driving cars we drive our cars to get from a to b basically from one place to another and you know there are moments every day even today even coming here to prayer meeting uh, when driving that if we didn't initiate the appropriate actions at certain times in our journey here from our homes, appropriate actions at certain times, the force of the engine would propel us to destruction. Now, what I mean by that, that is we would have an accident if we didn't take appropriate action at certain times. Certain times, they might be stop signs, red lights, a giveaway sign, a pedestrian crossing, roadworks, etc., and those appropriate actions at those certain times should have been to stop all the forward motion, that is, slow down in our cars, um, or if need be, to come to a resting stop behind usually what is a mark white line of a roundabout or a stop sign, or if it be, or stop even because there was another car or vehicle in front of us a few feet behind them. Now, usually at this point in time when you're stopped, giving way or at a stop sign or a red light, your, um, your engine is still idling. You haven't completely shut it off. Because um, the reason the engine would be still be idling is because you initiated two actions appropriately. You haven't stalled the engine. One is, as we look at the appropriate actions, um, you took the full, your foot off the throttle pedal to cut the amount of fuel to the engine in your car. And then we applied the brake pedal to reduce the forward motion. 
I think that all makes sense. And if you're in a manual, there would have been a third process. You disengage, that is, you press the clutch to stop the engine's power from driving the wheels, whether they be rear or front wheels. But anyway, so by doing this, I have killed the force of the engine from literally ruining me or ruining someone else or ruining, ruining you who was driving. Or so as we find here in verse 13 in the King James Version of our Bibles, we could say that each time we safely stop our vehicles, we can say, I have modified my car's forward motion. I know today we hear the word modify. It indicates a strong amount of embarrassment, maybe. Like, for example, um, a pastor's kid I used could say when the pastor is giving a sermon illustration of them, they could say, when Dad told that story about me, I was mortified. I could have died, died with embarrassment. But as we see the Apostle Paul writing here, um, he uses the Greek word translated in our English King James, mortify. It indicates a process of deadening, um, the power of the flesh, as we see the word flesh used there, through the Holy Spirit's assistance. And uh, we read about that, the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. And we know it's talking to believers here and overcoming the power of the flesh through deadening it. And so let's go, as we have that thought, can we turn to Colossians and we'll, go back, we'll come back to Romans 8, but Colossians chapter 3, as Paul also uses this word here. All right, Colossians chapter 3. I'm just going to read from verse 1 to 5. Colossians 3, 1 to 5. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then ye shall also appear with him in glory. Verse 5. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And I want to read, just in having read... Okay. It's not here, the book that I... All right. That's all right. I may... Um, I have a quote that I did write down, I write down from another commentator... Um, quote, mortification robs sin of its debilitating, inharmonious and emotionally distracting influences. Without mortification, sin darkens the mind while the lust of the flesh grow like weeds. Mortification is the soul's vigorous opposition to the fruitless self-life. End of quote. So, as we see the word mortification as in deadening, killing, the power of it, of the flesh. Um, let's look at the word flesh. And I'm going to go back to Romans chapter 8.
verse 13 as we're looking at our text. Okay. So as we look at the word flesh now in our text, um, in the context as used by here by the Apostle Paul and throughout the whole chapter, the word flesh um, refers to the indwelling sin principle that remains in a believer after he is saved. And although, as we understand from Paul's teaching, it's um, absolute power, that is the power of the flesh, over him is broken. Because, um, and that, that, that itself is another study, and that would be, you know, we would go to Romans 6, for example, and, and, and look at that, how it is, how it can be broken as we identify. rose again and how we have that new life and that is the power that 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 um, that we have so we see in our text again we'll keep going back to 13 Paul seems to compare flesh with as we read down the deeds of the body so living after the flesh through the spirit of God that we receive salvation we do mortify the deeds of the body and suggesting that the flesh, as it's this word flesh, as I looked in the Strong's Concordance, that number is right throughout the whole New Testament. You see that number just in all the other books the, the Apostle Paul wrote and the others apostles wrote. And so, and so, as we see that it indicates the source of evil, the indwelling sin that is still present in our lives, even as believers. And also the display, the deeds of the body, the display of evil. And I looked up that word deed. So thinking of these together, combined, the deeds of the body is, that Greek word is prax, is, P-R-A-X dash I-S. And that's where we get our English word practice. I just learnt that, actually that one tonight. I looked it up. Practice, and um, that's quite interesting that, because it practice means to perform repeatedly or habitually, and that's the control sin has over our lives. It causes and to repeatedly commit that which is disobedient to God over and over again, that which is against His will and His command. So. And so we'll look at that in a bit more. And, and so this is what sin does in the unbeliever. And Paul warns, as we see here, that um, also in Romans 3.13, that evil men and seducers, as we look at Romans 3.13, because of this practice of sin that's habitual, the deeds, um, 3.13... No, it's not. Okay. It must be in another book. I've not written it. Anyway, you'll know the verse when I say it. Paul warns that evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And it's in the context of the last days. If you can figure the book out, 
So it's three thirteen somewhere. But getting, let's get back to the uh, and and understanding as we go back to eight thirteen. Maybe in a practical sense, the word flesh. one of our children about to strike a sibling and we yell out to our spouse, hey honey, stop whoever it is, you know, because she's standing nearby the children or vice versa, um, stop the name, whoever it is. And so do we mean to stop the boy or to stop his actions? And as we're looking at um, through the spirit can we're able to you know kill that action of that power over us um, from destroying us and other people especially as we are believers now and we're commanded to so just see for time's sake it, it's a fairly what a broad look at this verse just as we're just looking very quickly and and in the practical aspect of it, um, of mortifying literally the deeds of the body, kill uh, their action by dealing with the indwelling sin that motivates those deeds, that um, mortify, kill its influence and not its existence because while we live in these mortal bodies, we know that sin will ever be present until we're with the Lord in glorified bodies. So, but... At those moments, at that moment, we it can we are given great hope, and in, in that through the Spirit of God, that we quench not the Spirit. That that we that's why it's so important as we read in Ephesians, you know, five being controlled by the Spirit of God, that it being filled, and how the process of that even it all connects and to having this victory over sin, and uh, it's all in our attitude. And it, it all points to, even from a child, um, uh, sharing with the young people as we looked at relationships and uh, kinship, our relationships to our parents and siblings. And like it talks in Ephesians 6, the next chapter, children obey your parents and honour thy mother and father. And that word honour means your attitude. Like you, we can obey those in authority over us, our parents, and yet we can do it with the wrong attitude. That's not honouring them. So... Um, and that's where what we see here um, affects the like even the flesh, yeah. So, so as we look at this word mortify, uh, we do see in the scriptures that it is not the only biblical term that shows the proper response to the flesh, as we see here. And just we've just looked in Romans eight thirteen and Colossians three five at the flesh and. Um, and mortifying, well, the flesh and its resulting deeds, and 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 it must be mortified. But self and its ungodly lusts must be denied. So Luke nine twenty three, we go to the Gospels. We'll just look at a, f we'll flip through a few of these scriptures just quickly. Nine twenty three, and I'll read them out. And he said unto 
them all. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Luke 9, 23. And so self and its ungodly lust must be denied. And uh, we see daily. It's a, and so Titus 2, 12. Can we flick over there? Timothy, Timothy, Titus 2, 12. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And uh, then thirdly, the deeds of the old man must be put off. Ephesians 4.22. As we look at this theme here, 4.22, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. So we're being given many commands throughout the New Testament here. In Colossians 3.9, we looked at 3.5 before, but we'll just look at 3.9 of putting off the old man, the old sinful nature. Colossians 3.9 Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with, and then the word again, his deeds his habitual practice of sin. And so the indwelling sin nature, and this is where we go now to Romans 6 a little bit. We're not doing a... That's a big study in itself and wouldn't have enough time. Romans 6. Um, the indwelling sin nature must not be served. Another commandment in our being identified with the Lord Jesus Christ in his death and burial and resurrection. So 6.6 6, we read, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. I'm going to read 12 and 13. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instrument of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. And then 16 to 19. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. And 19, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members to servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, Iniquity to iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. Romans 6, it, it does give us a very detailed instruction on this issue on killing the flesh and the importance and why we must do it, why we're commanded to do it, and, and how we can overcome the bad practice habits of sin in our lives. And verse 22 sums up... Uh, pretty much a summary of the chapter verse 22 but now being made free from sin and become servants to God ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life and as we think as we go through that as you read through that personally those battles that um, seem persistent or um, 
deeply entrenched. We need um, to pray as David did. And I think we all know that Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. And we sh it should be a, a crying out prayer in wanting to be an overcomer, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, I pray, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me into the way everlasting, the way of righteousness. And um, that is seeking those things which are above and not of the earth. And, and we can then learn, and as we pray this, we can know how, as God through his spirit helps us to apply these different struggles apply the, the the teaching the doctrine um this is a very clear doctrine of our relationship what it should be with christ and and so it's certainly romans 6 certainly as we would understand deals with an an important doctrine of the christian walk and an important teaching there so just with um finishing off that what we need to deal with is, is um, well, what we do deal with, like in this chapter, as we're thinking, is our identification with Christ as as believers, and and we see that, like verse three, four, and five, as I've been sharing. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be also in the likeness of his resurrection. And so that's, you know, that's as believers, our relationship, our obedience, our yieldedness, as we read before, in breaking the power of sin in our life because of Christ's death and burial and resurrection. And, um, and we have been, as we read before there in 22, been made free from sin at a great cost, at a great price. We know that is the precious blood of Jesus through his own life, his own life's blood. And, and there is a great obligation as believers, as we who have confessed to believe, on the Lord Jesus Christ, that God has raised him from the dead. Um, in, we know in true repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ, that's our sincerity in that identifying with our Saviour. And uh, so, and in this, we don't have to, we can have, we have victory and we don't have to obey its pull. We don't have to obey sin unto death you know, as servants of unrighteousness anymore. We don't... Um, it's pull to go our own way. We can learn to resist, even to the point of having the wisdom of abstaining from all appearance of evil, as the word tells us. And Because before, as we realise in our testimonies, and we hear testimonies, before our identification with Christ, literally being dead to sin as he died, for our sin, at at salvation, when um, we just read there in three and four, see before in our earthly bodies as natural men and women, we were required to serve the flesh. This is what Paul's saying. You, we were required. It was that 
you know, the habitual bentness practice and that we, you know, we lusted, we, we lied, we stole and, and as servants of sin. So as we know, as just in finishing with what I first started with in that illustration, how to apply the brakes, like in our car, but in killing the flesh, mortifying the deeds of the body, it is helpful to um, apply, as we know that when we apply the brakes, it is helpful for us to stop in our car. And, and there, as I mentioned before, there are other factors with, um, we know, again, we need to know how to cut off the fuel and to the engine, which taking the, off the accelerator. And so all these factors help us over time, over metres, to slow down because we want to slow down gradually but, um, so we don't crash or it may be a quicker slowdown in different other cases. So, and if we didn't, again, we, would be in, we could be in big trouble. And if I don't know these um, teachings of how to resist the devil and the temptation and to sin and the flesh and the, you know, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, which is a big killer, the pride. If I don't know how to apply them, like applying the stopping mechanisms of a car, well then we are without excuse because we realise that as we're taught the destruction it's going to lead to. And, and like, you know, we think of in Hebrews, like where it talks about, no, James, sorry, where it talks about um, the root of bitterness, how it defiles many, the horizontal ramifications of our sin not only destroy us, like our car destroys other cars, other people, if I can use that illustration. And so that should... And we are accountable as we have to give an account before God. Um, so with those thoughts in mind, I just thought that would be brief, just in killing the flesh... Um, and just as we would meditate, as we would learn Romans 6, even 7 and 8, as we've been encouraged to do many times and meditate and um, just, just becoming mindful of those um, besetting sins, not only in our lives but other people's, that as we help to restore other weaker brethren uh, and pray as we would tonight, as we... Um, come before around the throne.